donated a bunch of yarn and knitting crochet stuff and some books. So I put them on a, the food pantry table out there. If somebody wants to go through it, whatever nobody wants, then it will go into the rummage sale. Okay, so it's out there. Please look before coffee hour. Are there any other announcements? Okay. Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship? The scripture tells us Adam became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Please join us in the first hymn, number 368. Let's please join in the opening prayer. Have mercy on me, precious Jesus. Help me leave my old ways behind. Help me surrender completely to you. I trust in you, Jesus, for all that I am and all that I will ever be. Amen.
you've probably noticed there's been a few things changed in the bulletin. Um, liturgist is not reading scripture, neither am I. However, you will get lots of scripture in the message today. At this time, we're going to do our offering. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with thanksgiving. We thank you for all that you have given us, which has allowed us the opportunity to give back to our church. We thank you in the name of your precious Son. Amen. Now if you will join us for hymn page 364, Because He Lives.
You may be seated. At this time, if the children would join me in the first pew, we're going to do something a little different. small but mighty. Okay, we're going to talk with the adults today about the second Adam. Do you know who the first Adam was? Adam and Eve? You ever heard the story of Adam and Eve? They were the first people that God created when he created the whole world. And they did something wrong. Have you ever heard that they were the first sinners? And because of them, they disobeyed God. That was their first sin. They ate something that they weren't supposed to eat. And because of them, the rest of us sin. Everybody sins. Have any of you ever had a sin? 
ever created a sin? Look at all those hands back there. We all sin because we're human. So Adam was the first Adam of Adam and Eve, and he brought sin to our world. But then Jesus came, and they call him the second Adam. He took away the sin. In the Old Testament, if you did something wrong, you got punished pretty severely, really, really bad. Sometimes people lost their life because they made a mistake. Luckily, that doesn't happen to us. Because of the second Jesus, we don't have to suffer those same consequences. You ready to move? Join me over here. Come on, right here, right here. Okay. We are sinners, right? In the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice animals in order to atone or get forgiveness for their sins. So we're going to pretend we're in the Old Testament. We're not going to sacrifice anything, but we're going to jump over there to God. God's over here. You think you can make it from there to here? Try it. Go ahead. See if you can jump from there over here. Because here's where God is. He's going to forgive you if you get over here. Come on. Give it a try. Oh, you got it. You had three tries. Go back. Come on, Connor. You try it. Let's see if you can do it. Oh, not quite on one try. Olivia, oh, you guys better step over here. She's going to take a little running leap. Oh, even Olivia fell a little bit short. However, hold this, please. This tape, come back over here. This is our sin over here. This is sin. That's God over there. Because of Jesus, watch, we can just walk to God and ask for forgiveness. Can you walk to God and ask forgiveness? Oh, on our tippy toes. Good job. Awesome, awesome. So the, the moral or the message in our story this morning is because we have Jesus in our lives, we can ask for forgiveness of sin and we don't have to make sacrifices like they did in the Old Testament. Okay? You want to have a seat again and we'll do the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And please forgive my blunders. Sorry, we forgot our suckers.
At this time, we're going to do prayers uh, of the people. Are there any additional prayers that are not listed in our bulletin that you'd like to raise? Okay, I'm going to, Luann. I just wanted to let everybody know, um, Ken's Aunt Denise has been on our prayer list. She got her stitches out on Thursday, and the doctor says she's doing very well, and she healed good. Ooh, good. Good. Any others? Okay, hold, on, hold that thought. A um, friend of ours, Stephen Cook, is having health issues. I don't know what they are. I just saw it on Facebook. She, his wife is asking for prayers. Thank you. Phyllis is getting her steps this morning. <laughs> well, my blessing is I've been married 51 days. Um, 51 days, yeah, 51 <laughs> That's probably how it feels sometimes, but not really. 51 years today. Happy anniversary. That is a blessing. You don't look that old either. Uh, last week I asked for prayers for all of the bike riders uh, who were biking from the west side of the state to the east side of the state since my mother-in-law and sister-in-law were part of it. And they made it back, all in one piece, 274 miles. Woo! Awesome. Good job. No others? I would just ask, and we will do it in our prayer, but uh, tomorrow evening we find out, our PPRC finds out who our new pastor is. So I would just ask that you raise our church up in prayer the next couple, 24 hours, and uh, we pray that this person is exactly who we need. So let's go to prayer. Lord Jesus, heal us. Heal us in whatever you see needs healing. Heal us of whatever might separate us from you. Heal our memory, heal our heart, hear our emotions, heal our spirits. Heal our bodies and hear our souls. Lay your hands gently upon us and heal us through your love. Amen. At this time, Lily has graciously offered to take the preschoolers or the young'uns to the gym and play. Um, we are going to watch a video in a few minutes, and there's a scene in there that I thought might be a little rough on the little ones. So, kids, if you want to go to the gym with Lily, even if you don't want to go, please go. No. <laughs> Your mother will thank you. <laughs> Don't start yet, Rebecca. You'll know when. 
If you would, please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, please give, be with me this morning as I share a message with my sibling, Christian siblings. May the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, my rock and redeemer. Amen. The seed for the message that I'm going to offer this morning was planted in me when I visited the Creation Museum, which is located in Petersburg, Kentucky, in April. I was traveling with my mom on a senior's trip to visit the Ark Encounter in Williamstown, Kentucky, and the museum. The Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter, you can turn it, were both created and operated by the group called Answers in Genesis, a group that I knew nothing about before I got there. It is an apologetics ministry and organization. Their main focus is to help Christians defend their faith and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ effectively. I highly recommend that if you ever have the opportunity to travel to Kentucky, you should stop at the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. As our bulletin stated, this is Flexibility Sunday number three. Hopefully won't have too many of those in the near future. <laughs> so far, worship service has not been what we're used to. You may have noticed we didn't have any scripture readings. You'll see why in a minute. Our message today is also a bit unorthodox. Instead of hearing me talk, we're going to watch a video for approximately 15 minutes that's called The Last Adam. This movie was also created by Answers in Genesis. It opened my eyes to the idea of Jesus being the last Adam, a concept that I was unfamiliar with. So at this time... It's a maxillary tooth, upper jaw, a relic now. But can you imagine what it represents? A real animal, incredible, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. This is more than just an old fossil to me. It reminds me of something real, something powerful. Now this book, some people think it's just an old relic too. Tales and stories from another time and place not to me. This is written by someone who was actually there. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Right from the start in the book of Genesis, the Bible tells us about the origin of all things. Matter, light, earth, sun, moon, animals. Some people say that none of it is true. Well, that's not what I believe. I believe all of it is true. And everything I learn just keeps confirming how true it is 
how true it always has been. The Bible even helps make sense of the hard things in this world. Things like pain, suffering, and death. These were not part of the original creation. When God created Adam, he didn't make him to be just an obedient puppet. Adam had the freedom to choose, to make his own decisions. But Adam chose to disobey God's rule, go his own way. That is called sin. With Adam's sin, the process of death had begun. As Adam sinned and died, so do we all. By one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Sin changed everything, severed our relationship with God, introduced pain, suffering, and death. And this sin affected all of humanity, you and me. We cannot on our own make things right with God. It doesn't matter how smart we are, how well we behave, how handsome we become. But thankfully, God had an eternal plan. He made a promise to a man named Abraham, a man who was in his 70s, had no children, that through his family, all people on earth would be blessed. The Lord brought Abraham forth and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Abraham's children became the Israelites, the chosen people of God. And about 500 years later, God chose another man, Moses, to lead his people and to teach them his laws and commandments. God said to Moses, I am that I am. Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So through Moses, God revealed his law and the people's need for an unblemished sacrifice to atone for sin. So in obedience to God, the Israelites shed the blood of spotless lambs over and over again for the forgiveness of sins. We see now that their sacrifices symbolized what was to come in the Messiah, the one who would provide the ultimate and perfect sacrifice for the sin of the world. Then, just as the prophets foretold, the Messiah came to earth, was born of a young virgin named Mary, who already knew something about sacrifice. A sacrifice always had to be perfect. God required it. I have memories as a little girl when my family would pick our best lamb from the flock. The priest took his knife and it always broke my heart, but my parents insisted that all of us were there. They wanted to make sure we each understood how terrible sin is. 
and just how much it costs to cover it. One day, after I was engaged to Joseph, I was visited by an angel of God. He told me not to be afraid and that I was to give birth to a son and that I should call him Jesus. I asked how this could be since I was still a virgin. The angel told me the power of the Most High would overshadow me and that my son would be called the Son of God. One day I learned my son would be called something else as well. Jesus' life was everything the prophets foretold. He was born of the Virgin Mary, grew in knowledge and stature, and at about 30 years of age, he began his public ministry. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. During his ministry, Jesus healed the sick, restored sight to the blind, preached good news to the poor, and told the people that the kingdom of God was at hand. But he was betrayed by one of his own disciples, Judas, and handed over to the Jewish and Roman authorities. trained in Hierapolis. I worked for Caesar. I'm a Roman centurion, part of the most powerful army ever to walk the face of the earth. We were on assignment in Jerusalem during the festival the Jews called Passover. We had three crucifixions for the morning, nothing unusual. Two thieves and one religious rebel. King of the Jews, they called it. Me, I just do my job. We see crucifixion as a warning. It's not meant to be pretty. I guarantee you watch a man die like that, you won't want to cross Rome. Father, forgive them. You don't know what they're doing. Who's he talking to? Looking around for his dad. And he yells out, 
loud as you can. Finished. Like a like a receipt stamp, you know, paid in full. I'm thinking, what in the world's he talking about? Paid in full. And then that's it, he dies. It was like he chose to die right then. You know, most, most people last upon the cross for, for days sometimes. And then when we checked him, the whole hillside starts to rumble and shake. Rocks start to crack into pieces. They, he said the curtain in the Jewish temple tore right in half from the top to the bottom. I'm a soldier of Rome. I'm not afraid of anything. I tell you what, that day... I've never seen anything like it. This man was... Truly, he, he was the Son of God. Look, we're all sinners. We've all rebelled against God. We're all worthy of death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The good news, the gospel, is that the Lamb of God was given for our sins, yours and mine, to restore us to a right relationship with our Creator. Throughout history, God unfolded His plan and it doesn't end with death at all. Not for Jesus, not for his people, not for his creation. The power and plan of God were demonstrated when Jesus conquered death. He rose from the dead. He didn't remain in the tomb. His resurrection was witnessed by over 500 people. No longer is a perfect lamb an animal necessary, for God has provided the lamb, his own son, Jesus of Nazareth. In Adam, we all die. But in Jesus, we can find life and live forever with him in a new earth that God is preparing where there will be no more sin or suffering or death. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. 
For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. In the Garden of Eden, at the dawn of creation, God looked upon all he had made and said it was very good, perfect. But the first Adam polluted it, and because of him all things were broken. The world's still reeling from that first act of rebellion. But in the last Adam, Jesus, all things will be made new. The first Adam brought sin and death into the world. But the last Adam, Jesus Christ, brings life to the world. God offers us the opportunity to start over again, forgiven, spotless, and loved. That, my friends, is the essence of the gospel. The Bible makes it clear. God's gift of salvation is offered to us, not to just hear, not to just agree with, but to respond to, and let it change us, and to share it with others. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. In the first Adam, we all die because of his sin. In the second Adam, Jesus, we all get to live. God had created the Garden of Eden, which was a beautiful place, we're told. Luckily, because of Jesus, who came to earth to save us and brought life back to the world, we don't have to make animal sacrifices to atone for our sins. He died for those sins. All things will be made new through him. We are fortunate to be able to start over every day when he wakes us up in the morning. Every hour, every minute, every second, we can ask for his forgiveness and try again. Amen. If you will, join me in our last hymn, which is attached to the bulletin, We Believe. In this time of desperation doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken generation 
that the beautiful Garden of Eden has been restored in heaven, waiting for us, Father. Help us to follow your direction, steer us away from the sin of this world, and help us fulfill our time on this earth filled with love, the love that you have given to us. Amen.